Well, hey there, this is Keith. Listen, before we start the episode today, I just wanted to take a moment and speak directly to anyone who might be listening who's still in the closet. Well, the first thing I want to tell you is that's perfectly okay. Do what is best for you when it is best. Never let anyone else pressure you in this decision. But let's say that you are thinking about coming out, or there's a part of you that really does want to come out, but you want to do so very carefully, very slowly, very strategically, and even very selectively. Well, if that's you, my friend, I've got you covered. I want you to go to the show notes and use a link there to check out my Selective Outage Method digital course. I think you're going to be surprised, and I believe it'll help you as you plan your coming out. All right, let's get on with the podcast. Hello, and welcome to Coffee with Keith. I'm Keith Brown, and I'm so glad that you could join me for this podcast, where my passion in life is to help my LGBTQIA plus Christian family heal their church trauma, and hopefully construct genuine faith. Before we begin, let me just tell you a little bit about me. For the last 30 plus years, I've had the joy of teaching, speaking, and performing as a comedy magician in my in-person events all over the United States. I'm also the published author of fiction and nonfiction books, and one of the greatest joys I've had in life is pastoral counseling, coaching, and mentoring hundreds and hundreds of people over the last 30 plus years. I'm proud of all those things. But can I also tell you, I know what it's like to hurt and I know what it's like to suffer deep church trauma, specifically around sexual identity, as so many of you obviously have as well. So if that's something that you can buy into and you would like to partner with me as we try to help each other in this journey thing we call life, then you're in the right place. I encourage you to grab a cup of coffee, sit at my table, and let's have a chat. One disclaimer, though, please. I am not a medical professional, nor am I a licensed therapist. So if you need either of those services, please do consult a local professional. Otherwise, let's get it started here on Coffee with Keith. Hello, my dear friend, and welcome to this edition of Coffee with Keith. And this is a Table Talks, but let me tell you, it's going to be a little bit different. I did have a wonderful guest lined up for this episode, but my guest got COVID. Go figure. <laughs> so uh, I do pray that uh, he has a, a, a good recovery, and I'm sure that he will. But uh, I decided, well, you know what? I'm still going to do a Table Talks episode, but I'm going to do a solo episode this week. Before I do, I just want to encourage you, have you subscribed to the podcast? I hope you have. And uh, again, I just want to apologize that there was a couple of episodes that, or a couple of days that I usually publish episodes that I had to miss. And that's primarily, as maybe you know by now, that my father unexpectedly passed away and that... Um, changed my schedule, obviously, and just put a lot of stuff on my plate, which, you know, um, I, I'm still grieving my father's death, but it did put me a little bit behind and that's okay. I'll get caught up and uh, I just wanted to get this podcast out to you because I value the time that we spend together and I hope that you value your time in the listening of this podcast. So today I want to talk about a subject that's really dear to my heart and to be honest with you, um, it's a subject that I know a little bit about because in some ways I've practiced it in my own life. And let me tell you, it's not a good practice. It's I'm confessing. It, it It's something many of us do when we are dealing with trauma and the abuses that we have experienced in our lives. But 
I don't suggest that it's a solution because it isn't. And what is that word I'm talking about? The word is avoidance. Avoidance. Avoidance is one of the most common responses to abuse that causes trauma. I see it all the time. And like I said, I've practiced it myself. But it, it really isn't the solution to healing trauma. We might even say things like, you know, um, I'm doing fine if somebody asks you or, you know, you know, no, it's OK. It's really not that bad or I, I'm OK now. You know, we kind of sweep it under the rug. And the avoidance technique is one of the ways that we do that. Now, from a psychological point of view, there are basically two types of avoidance. One is emotional avoidance. And that's when a person avoids thoughts or feelings about a traumatic event. This type of avoidance often completely internal, internalizes um, the trauma, and others may not even know that you're experiencing. And you can often uh, kind of get a grasp of this type of avoidance when you may tell yourself something like this, you know what, I'm never going to feel that way again. One of the ways and one of the examples that I often see when it comes to this internalizing of emotional avoidance is when it comes to romantic relationships. People say, you know what, they go through a real hard breakup, you know, they were in love and, and then all of a sudden the relationship falls apart. And that is a very hard, very traumatic experience. I know I've been through divorce. I know what that's like. It's very hurtful. And then they'll say, well, you know what, I'm, I'm never going to feel that way again. I am never going to fall in love again. Does that sound familiar to anybody? You know, it's kind of like me. I said after my divorce, I, and I was married, divorced twice. And, you know, you would think that I would realize that, um, you know, man, Keith, you, you really, you're really not having a good track record with this. And after my second divorce, to be honest with you, I told myself, you know, Keith, I am never, ever going to get married again. But you know what? That changed. I fell in love with a most wonderful woman, and I am truly in love and very grateful for the relationship that I have with her. She is my light, and, I, and I'm so thankful. But, you know, it, it, it was one of those natural responses that I had after divorce saying, you know what, I'm never going to go through that again. I'm never going to fall in love again. It's a protected mechanism that we often use, and that is emotional avoidance. But the truth of the matter is that's not successful. We can't will ourselves not to feel. We can't tell ourselves you're never going to, you know, to, to feel that way again. It, it just doesn't work that way. Our human hearts and our human minds are things that just happen. We try to do what we think is best, but, you know, it really doesn't work. So that's emotional avoidance. And then there's something called behavioral avoidance. And this is one that I think truly relates to the LGBTQIA community and precisely to the Christian LGBTQIA plus community. Why? Because for those that have struggled with their sexual identity or have owned their sexual identity and were raised in the evangelical church, they have been hurt so deeply by the banishment to hell speeches and the condemnation and the degradation that they've experienced as queer Christians so one of the ways that the queer Christian community uses avoidance is the fact that we say, okay, well, I'm going to avoid that trauma because I'm never going to go to church again, or I'm going to completely leave the, leave the Christian faith. Therefore, I don't have to 
experience that trauma anymore. I'm going to avoid that avoidance by not being Christian or step foot in a church. Does that sound familiar to anybody? Probably it does. And I get it. I get this this situation that you may not feel comfortable in a church. I know that there are people who will today walk into a church building and they will become cold and clammy. It is their internalized trauma affecting their physiology. I get that. I know it's there. But if we just simply try to avoid situations in life, that again is sweeping it under the rug. Now, I'm not telling you you have to go into a church building. I'm not even telling you you have to hold on to your Christian faith. Yes, I hope you will, but you don't have to. And what we have to do then is be careful that we are not operating in a spirit of avoidance. Rather, we might be operating in a situation of boundary. There is a difference between boundaries and avoidance. Avoidance is when we just simply try to sweep it away, not deal with it, ignore it, not put ourselves in certain places or around certain people because that's a protection. Boundary is getting a conscious cognitive understanding of what the trauma is, what triggers that trauma, and then saying, okay, I'm going to purposely place things in my life that I'm going to not allow to protect myself. Now, it might seem very similar to avoidance, but it's not. There is a direct distinction because boundaries, we can operate. For instance, when it comes to the Christian church, there are ways that we can still be a member of the universal church, boundaries, and yet not step into a church that will hurt us and harm us. That's a healthy boundary. But when we say, I can't go into any church, I can never step foot in any church ever again, well, I mean, you know, that's a decision you can make, and it can become a boundary, I suppose. But it might be more avoidance. When we just say, you know, I'm going to completely not do something, not go somewhere, just that way I don't have to deal with it. So the difference and the distinction is the dealing. Either we're not dealing with it or we are dealing with it. And if we are dealing with it and we're making conscious, careful decisions in response to the trauma, that is proper boundaries. That's okay. So I I realize for some it might be a little hard to to understand, but there is a difference between avoidance and, and boundaries. And why is it important that we understand avoidance and take it seriously? Well, there are consequences to avoidance. I really love what the National Center for PTSD said about this whole issue. I'm going to read a quote from them. Quote, if you go through a trauma, you may have heard advice like, just try not to think about it, or time heals all wounds. But if you go out of your way to avoid thoughts, feelings, and reminders related to a traumatic event, your symptoms may get worse. End quote. Did you hear that? Your symptoms may get worse. And why is that? Well, I'm going to tell you. Because oftentimes when we try to treat our trauma with avoidance, it often leads us into other harmful activities to help 
push those feelings down, such as alcohol abuse, drug abuse, sex abuse. And let me even say, dear friend, because this one hits home, food abuse. Yes. I'm going to tell you, in my life and in my past, when there were times I was going through deep struggle, times that I was hurting very badly, I can tell you that sugar became a food of choice for me. It helped me bury my feelings. Again, a very unhealthy response to trauma. But again, that is in acting avoidance because by eating unhealthy, by eating the sugar and getting that rush to my body, I was somehow avoiding the trauma that I was experiencing that moment. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey friend, Keith again, just dropping in really quickly to remind you that I am available for individual coaching. You know, for the last 35 plus years, I have had the joy of working with so many people over so many issues. So if you could use some coaching, check it out. Listen, I've got the time, I've got the experience, I've got the desire, and I've got the heart. All I need is you. The link's in the show notes. I hope you'll check it out today. Now, back to the episode. Maybe that's you. Maybe right now you are experiencing trauma and you are finding other ways to cope like any of these. And all that is, is an unhealthy avoidance of the situation. We need to do better. Why are emotions important anyway? I mean, why do we have them? Why can't we just do away with them? Well, they provide information about yourself and things taking a place around you. They push you to act in your life. So emotions are something we need. So to try to avoid those emotions, to protect yourself in trauma, is not a healthy way to go through life. So let me just briefly touch on the positive ways that we can do it. There are predominantly two major ways that people often deal with trauma and the lack of avoidance. They are cognitive behavioral therapy, often called CBT. And this is primarily focused on current life and developing effective coping strategies. You might ask a question like, um, what are the emotions directly tied to the abuse and trauma? You deal with that. You, you figure out what the, abuses, the abuse caused. What are the emotions that are caused? You understand those emotions, you, you, you label those emotions, and then you decide on what you can do, what type of activities, what type of uh, 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 systematic approaches you can take to deal with those emotions when they arise. That's cognitive behavioral therapy. And then there's another one called ACT, and that's acceptance and commitment. And this is where a person would need to sit down and analyze thoroughly analyzed, usually with help, the idea of the avoidance. What is it, what it, you know, what's going on here? Why are we really working through this avoidance? Why are we using it? What, what, what is it causing within us? It is really getting down, digging down to the avoidance technique. What is the triggers? 
It's learning to experience and handle whatever emotions that come, which is similar to cognitive behavioral therapy, but it's also providing tools and methodologies to move forward as a thriving person. So basically, um, there are some similarities here, but there are some nuances of difference. And I can't really go into all the details here in this podcast, but those are the most common Um, from a psychological point of view, the most common treatments for this idea of avoidance when it comes to trauma. Um, I use both of these. I've used both of these in my pastoral counseling in my past and now currently in my coaching. But um, there's a third that I want to throw out to you. And this is one that I, although I use all three, this is one that I really put a lot of weight on because in my mind, in my heart, in my experience, Experience of going through trauma myself, even sexual identity trauma, all the trauma. I know that one of the best ways to heal our trauma is by the development of an authentic, affirming faith of our own. I believe that with every core of my being. I know that when we understand our personal faith, where we stand before God, how we stand before God, how God loves us and looks at us, how the scriptures open up teaching and revelation to us, and how we can be more confident and competent in the understanding of the Christian faith and scripture. Once we put all that together, then it helps us to begin to heal. Where other people all our lives have told us how awful we are, how bad we are, how we're going to hell, how we're heresy, how we're all these ugly things. When we build our own authentic, true, real, living faith, then we have the ability to just rest and celebrate our relationship with the Almighty God. And when we do that, along with, not exclusive of, but along with these other psychological and uh, accepted treatments, when we put all those together, which I obviously try to do with my clients, once we put all those together, we can come out better. We can begin to heal. We can get stronger. We can get more confident. We can become more alive. We can thrive as a living breathing, walking follower of Jesus. Amen and amen. And that's what I truly want for people. That's what I've had to lean on in my own life. That is how I've gotten to this age in my life. This is where I've gone through and what I've gone through to get all this gray hair in my life. And this is what I want to help you do, folks. So listen, yeah, let me just stop for just a moment. And, and this is going to be a shameful plug, I admit it. But you know what? I'm going to do it because I truly believe in this so strongly. If you have not checked out the Rainbow Journey Academy, please, please do. If you've checked it out and you've been praying about, you know, should I do this? Please, please do. Right now, we're just slowly building our founding members. We're going to take 20 founding members, just 20. Once those are uh, those are, are filled, we're going to have to go up on the program. So get in while you can at the founding member. The price will never go up. And it's only $20 a month, guys. That's like a latte from Starbucks every week. And you are investing in yourself. 
Because in there, you are going to learn how to better understand the Bible. You're going to learn more about Christian theology and how it applies to your life. You're going to begin to build the pillars of your faith. And you're going to learn how to incorporate psychological techniques into your life. And you're going to get practice with myself and other members of the academy. I truly believe in this. And I want you to be on this journey with us because I think it's going to really help you. So please do check out. There's a link in the show notes. Please do go check it out. You know what? If you join and you find it doesn't work for you or, you you know, it just isn't the thing for you, look, you can cancel at any time. No further obligation. But I just, from the bottom of my being, please hear my heart here. Um, I'm not getting rich on this. I'm really not. I want you to join it. I want to help you. I want others to help you. So consider joining the Rainbow Journey Academy. All right. So the the common external treatments I've told about was the CBT and the ACT. But, you know, let me give an example of an internal processing. And that's what I call dump and decipher. And um, that's where we you begin to, to journal. I know most of you have journaled at some point in your life, whether it was in high school or if it's in your daily practice. And you you just go to your paper and you begin to just dump everything out. You can have a trigger for the journal or you can just write whatever comes to your heart and mind. You just write, 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 write. And then when, when you do operate what I call dump and decipher, you write everything you can. Don't try to even think about it. Just write it down and then put it away. And then at a later time, maybe even a later day, you come back to your writing and you read it. And this is where you begin to try to analyze it a little bit. This is where you begin to think about, now, why did I write that? What was I feeling? What can I learn from this? That's where the decipher comes from. So when I talk about internal processing, one of the key ways I do that, and there are, there are others, uh, spiritual disciplines that I, that I teach, but at least now, Practice dump and decipher, dump and decipher, dump it out on your journal and then go back later and decipher and try to understand what you were trying to share out of your heart, your mind and your soul. Okay. There's also one other type of processing that we want to do with trauma and this helps us not avoid. And that is, here it is, something I teach and preach in about every circle I'm ever in and it's about the circle. External processing, support from others. you got to have your inner circle. You need other people. It is critical to recovery and thriving in the aftermath of abuse and ultimate trauma. Being in a group, that is important. And again, I'm never going to stop preaching and teaching this. So uh, another good reason to be in the Rainbow Journey Academy is to get that group support, that encouragement from others. All right. Well, that's pretty much what I had to say. And I, I hope I get my, my heart and my mind and my thoughts across to you when it comes to avoidance. But let me just tell you really clearly, you know, if you are practicing avoidance, don't beat yourself up. It's pretty common. I have done it as well. And truthfully, there are times in my life I still sometimes slip in avoidance. And you know what? There are times when, you know... For instance, there there is one church, for instance, one local church that I won't go into. I just choose. That's a boundary. I'm not going to step foot into it. Now, that's a conscious cognitive boundary I've set. Um, I don't think it's avoidance because I could go into it. I just 
choose not to because I know that it's not the healthiest choice for me. That doesn't keep me from going in other church buildings. So, you know, that's that's one of the ways. But there are times in my life when I might suddenly get stressed or suddenly, you know, the trauma gets triggered in me that I've experienced in my life and I might go and have to get me a donut. Well, that's unhealthy, especially since I'm diabetic. That's avoidance. That's going, you know what? I'm going to eat my feelings away, you know? And I don't know about you, but maybe you've done some of these things. Maybe you've tipped the bottle a little too too much. Maybe you're dabbing yourself into numbing drugs, or maybe you are trying to just do a lot of sex to make it where you don't have to feel anything but the physical. I don't know. I really don't know where you are. But I would be interested to find out. If you want to share with me, you want to connect with me, you want to talk with me, you know, you are the reason I'm here. You are the reason that I do everything I do because God has called me to use whatever gifts he has given me, whatever education he has given me, whatever life experience he has given me and use all that stuff in the power of the Holy Spirit of God to help other people that are hurting. And that includes you, my dear friend. I do care about And I hope that you understand and you hear that in everything that I do. Until next time, yo your hurts, move those mountains, and may God truly bless you. Bye-bye.